0: Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to talk about America's cities tonight, and I want you to hold up for just a moment before you do what I know you're thinking about doing, because this is what happens. When I bring up America's cities and the rotting nature of America's cities, what I get is a lot of, I don't care about them. Ah, forget those cities. Let them burn. I understand the sentiment. I do. But hear me out. I'm a country guy and a city guy. I love them both. I've lived in Montana. I've been in New York City, lived in D.C. I've lived everywhere, okay? I love, them, I love them both. But if you're a more rural person, you probably look at cities, especially American cities today, and say to yourself, ugh, no thanks. I get that. But you also have to understand this. The condition of a nation's cities is part of what makes up the fabric of the nation as a whole. I get it. You look at the daily news from Chicago of 8,000 people shot, and you say, ah, oh, never going there, forget them. However, we want Chicago to be a good place. We want New York City to be a good place. Los Angeles, Philadelphia, I mean, you name it. We want our major cities in America to be good places. We do. We want the world to come see them, improve those tourism dollars. We want everything about America to be clean and good. So it shouldn't give you any pleasure watching America's cities burn. While you can sit there and say under your breath, they deserve it, and you probably are right with that, it still sucks. It still sucks. And the condition of these places has gotten so bad so fast that people aren't even talking about it. Why aren't they talking about it? Well, allow me to explain. One, the condition of America's cities has been deteriorating for some time. That was never going to be really news because they're all run by Democrats and the media is all Democrat. It really, you could, re- you could say it's the most underreported story in America. The consistent Horrible nature of Democrat run cities. But we're setting that aside. They were already doing poorly, and then George Floyd dies. George Floyd dies in some internet videos seen around the world, and Democrats universally and most Republicans sadly decided this was the moment to demonize cops. This was the moment to blame cops, come down on cops, federal police reform, ban the police, defund the police. And simply, the narrative was lost. The narrative was lost in like 15 minutes. Even people who supported the cops, most of them were too scared to say anything about it. So they stepped aside and watched as America's cities were terrorized by Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters. The cops were not allowed to put down the protests. In some cases, like in Minneapolis, the protesters took over the police precinct. So what happened after that? Well, some police departments did get defunded, and some of them did get moved around. They moved away the plainclothes police from the New York. Well, the NYPD uses plainclothes police to go after the guys before they commit crimes. They were the ones actually doing the work, and they're gone now. So we have more violence, more arrests, but more people getting out, too. You see, we have these big cities with these crazy DAs. Now, what does all this mean for you? Because you're not in the city. Well, it might mean these people are coming to you next, to live next to you. Why? Five states with the most people leaving them in 2020. Illinois, New York, California, New Jersey, and Maryland. Oh, by the way, the top five inbound states, all Republican states. Places like Idaho, South Carolina, so on and so forth. So you better care because the destructiveness of these cities, the murder rates in these cities, the crime here, it's pushing not only good people out, it's going to push bad people out too. I mean, These numbers, 135% increase in murder in Portland, 135%, 71 in Philly, 52 in Atlanta, 49 in Chicago, 48 in Los Angeles. That is really, really, really bad because it's not just people on the right who want their kids to live. Everybody wants their kids to live. So this is going to push nutball Democrats into your neighborhood. That's one. Two, this looks terrible for the country. It looks terrible for the country when when people make travel decisions and they choose not to go to you because they don't feel safe. I've used this example a thousand times before. I love New York City. I get it if you hate it, that's fine. But I love it. It's wild and crazy and loud and the food's good and it's old and it's cool. I love New York City. But it's gone downhill so quickly and the headlines are so bad. Another dozen shot, six people shot. The headlines are so bad. Now people around the globe are making their travel decisions based on these horrible headlines. Daddy, daddy i just graduating high school. Can I go, just me and my five girlfriends, can we go to New York for the weekend? No, honey, I just saw someone just got shot in Times Square. Go to Tokyo or something. That's one tiny incident that is taking place time and time and time again. America is getting a reputation. A reputation of our cities being dangerous, dangerous places. And they are. And people are fleeing. And we don't want any of that to happen. On top of the fact, let's not lose sight of the fact that it's a bunch of poor people in these cities. They're the ones being slaughtered the most. All this stuff didn't happen by accident. All this stuff happened intentionally when America decided Black Lives Matter was anything other than a dangerous domestic terrorist black supremacist group. America decided Black Lives Matter was some civil rights program. They needed sponsors and T-shirts and everything else. Every athlete and actor had Black Lives Matter on their Instagram page. That's weird. I don't see them campaigning for the skyrocketing murder rates that cause black people to be slaughtered in these cities. Weird how that happened. Now we have police chiefs like this D.C. guy standing up saying things like this. Enough is enough. I've been a police officer in this city for over 30 years.
1: I've been born and raised right here in this city, started my patrol career right here in this district. And the way that we're going and the things that we're trying to do, we want to help people. Yes, we should. But you cannot coddle violent criminals. You cannot. You cannot treat violent criminals who are out here making communities unsafe for you, for your loved ones, for me, for my loved ones. They might not want a job. They might not. They might not need services. What they may require is to be off of our streets because they're making it unsafe for us. And if that's what it requires, then that's what it requires. And we have to own that. Hmm.
0: Why are they on the streets? This is something we haven't talked about enough on the show. Why are they on the streets? What's a big reason so many violent criminals are committing all this violent crime right now? Well, you see, you and I, we tend to hit the high points on politics, right? We like the president. We want to talk about senators and congressmen and maybe this governor here. You know one of the most important roles politically in the United States of America today? DAs, district attorneys. You see... The Democrats figured out a long, long, long time ago that the laws don't really matter. Who's going to enforce the law is all that matters. What difference does it make if you have all these criminals and they're violating the law and the cops snatch him up and throw him in jail and the DA says, oh, I'm not going to charge him, let him go. What difference does it make? Reminds me of that old Pompey Magnus quote I love so much. Do not quote laws to men with swords. Well, maybe we should change that in America today. Do not quote laws to the party who has all the DAs. You see, the Democrats simply funded these DA races more than Republicans did. And a bunch of nutballs now run these, these uh, district attorney's offices in the cities. And they're turning all the violent criminals loose. To which you say to me things like, Jesse, why would they want to ruin their own cities? Why would, they, why would they purposely hurt their own cities? That's because you've forgotten once again what communists are. They are not people with a political ideology. Communism is not a political ideology. It is a religion. It is a religion of domination and destruction. When one of these radical leftist DAs takes over and turns loose a bunch of violent criminals and those criminals go kill a bunch of people and hurt a bunch of people, the DA doesn't look at that and say, oh, dang, screwed up there. The DA looks around at the destruction caused by his policies and says to himself, nice, we're doing good work here. That's the truth. They're not looking at everything they've done and feeling bad about themselves. The communist doesn't think in that way. Oh, and another thing driving people out of the cities, this insane critical race theory nonsense they're really pushing in the cities.
2: There has been a demonization that we need to get our hands around, in the way in which people are doing this understanding. Okay, so you agree that we're demonizing kids? We're demonizing um, kid. We're, we're demonizing white people for being born. And and are some of our and students white seven. people? What are some of our students white people? Yes. Okay, so we're demonizing white. We're demonizing white kids. Why don't you just say it? We are I, we are using language that makes them feel less than. Um, for nothing that they are personally responsible for.
0: You want your kids in those schools? Look, we're gonna, we have a great show tonight. We have a bunch of good guests coming on. We're going to talk about the destruction, the dismantling of America's cities. And remember this, remember what I just said because it's 100% true, even if you don't want to believe it. This destruction, it's not accidental. They're doing this on purpose because that's what communists do. All that may have made you uncomfortable. But I'm right, we got a good show, hang on.
2: How do you respond to Republicans who try to paint you and your party as anti-police?
0: They're lying. They're lying. Haven't you heard? They're lying. There's no truth in that at all. Well, let's go to the police. Joining me now, Angel Masonetti joins our show. Again, he's a retired NYPD detective and a JTTF task force officer. Angel, don't you remember all those Republicans calling for funding the police last
2: year?
1: Not a one. Every Democrat governor of the state, every Democrat mayor of a city. Um, listen, uh, we can't. Um, uh, pretend, right? That uh, it's it's uh, not good versus evil. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with good versus evil, um, and that should be a bipartisan issue. To be honest with you.
0: It should be. It's clearly not. And I suppose we can get into that a little later why I think it's not. But, Angel, I'm glad you brought up about the mayors and governors, because this is what I'm starting to see from Democrats now. They're saying things like, well, yeah, it was Ilhan Omar and AOC. No, it wasn't. It was every single one of you with those stupid marches and cutting police budgets. It was every single one of these scumbags. And now they're acting like, oh, it's just the two nutballs.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, De Blasio cut the NYPD budget by $1 billion, right? Um, You have uh, street crime and anti-crime gone, so proactive policing is a thing of the past. Uh, Places like Portland, Seattle, uh, San Francisco constantly cutting budgets. Uh, L.A., right? LAPD's budget was cut. Uh, Their sex sex crimes unit had to be disbanded because they didn't have enough money. Um, Cops are leaving uh, these places in droves, right? Retirement is up 400% in the NYPD. It's all due to defund the police. Why? Because when you defund the police and you do it under the guise of protecting black and brown lives, guess what? You're placing black and brown lives in more danger.
0: Can you explain uh, in, in a more practical way, what does cutting a, a, a budget, a billion dollars like de Blasio did, what did that do to the NYPD? Where does that money go? What can't you do now that you could do before?
1: Uh, so recruitment is hurt, right? Uh, recruitment efforts are hurt. Um, uh, specialized training units, right? Units uh, uh, like the LAPD sex crimes unit, right? Um, you're gonna get a less quality cop, right? because now it's going to be about quantity as opposed to quality. Um, the uh, applicant investigations, the backgrounds that they, that they do uh, for the applicants, that's going to uh, suffer. Um, anti-terrorism, right? New York City is the number one target for terrorists in the country. Again, right? Budget, money is taken away from that. You're going to have less training, less resources, uh, you know, less equipment, right? Um, in Chicago, they're saying now that the police are out, outmanned. Not only are they outgunned, but they're outmanned by gang members, 10 to 1. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's a complete, complete, uh, it's the tri- trickle-down effect, right? You're taking money. Cops don't want to work there. They feel unappreciated. They don't have the proper trading, the proper resources, the proper backup. And they leave. And who suffers? The people of the inner city. Because these people, these politicians, they don't live in the inner city. They they oversee what goes on in the inner city, but they have police bodyguards, right? We have uh, politicians in every almost every Democrat city that was called to defund the police. Uh, there was a report released that they're spending tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars on private security or police security. Meanwhile, they're defunding the police in their in
0: their cities. <laughs> it's an oxymoron. It's Absolute scumbags, Angel. How bad is it in New York right now? I visit all the time. I, I go there probably once every three weeks, once every month or so. And it seems because I have that little separation, every time I go back, it's worse and worse and worse. It's not just internet videos. I want people to know it's it's not good there. How bad is it?
1: Shootings up 104 uh, uh, percent. Homicides up 45 percent. Um, I mean, look at this individual, right? Uh, the savage on video uh, attacking that, that person, that victim. Um, it's, it's, it's disgusting, right? It's, it's scary. Um, and you know what? The cops can't not do nothing, right? They can't not do anything, right? Uh, I, I love when people say, well, the cops should just put their blinders on and not do anything. You can't because we don't do the job um, uh, to protect these criminals, right? That, that's the politician. The politician protect the criminals. We're there to protect the innocent. We're there to protect the children and the elderly. Um, and things like this are happening because of these bail reform laws, right? These these uh, uh, pearl-clutching, virtue-signaling politicians and these rogue judges and these district attorneys that want to, uh, under the guise of you know social justice, they want to let black and brown criminals out of jail with no accountability, and they're putting them, they're shoving them back into black and brown communities. And look at the victims. 95% of homicide victims in New York City are black and brown. And 95% of the perpetrators who kill them are also black and brown. What does that tell you?
0: Angel, I've tried to explain this to people since you brought up bail reform, that all my cop buddies tell me the same thing. The reason cops solve so many crimes is they know who the crooks are on any given block. They can tell you who probably did a crime the second they find out what crime was committed. Oh, that was probably this guy. So the cops know exactly where the bad guys are and who the bad guys are. And these guys are now pulling their hair out because they find them, track them down, arrest them. And they're just let right back out on the street. All these crimes are happening by known crooks. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And then everybody cries to defund the police. When's the defund the, the politicians? Defund the, the judges? Defund the, the district attorneys? Right? When is that going to happen? Right? The police can only do so much. We could throw bracelets on a guy fifteen times a year. If he keeps, if he comes out sixteen times a year, there's nothing we can do about it. You can't. It's like raising a kid, right? If you if if you give the kid no consequences and you let them do whatever the hell they want, right? They're going to end up doing whatever the hell they want. They're gonna end up doing what they want, and this is what is going on in every single Democrat city in this country. Okay, all these politicians and these rogue DAs and judges are just allowing these people to come and and operate their criminal enterprises and commit crimes with impunity, and it's 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 sickening. It's sickening for people like me who worked hard to bring New York City to be the safest big city in America. Remember, that wasn't too long ago. And then all of a sudden 2014 comes and this idiot de Blasio takes office and everything goes to caca.
0: I remember that safest big city in the car- in the country. My folks, my parents, who would never venture into a place like New York, started visiting New York City and having the time of their lives because they felt so safe there. They won't go back down. I can't say I blame them. What's the morale like of the NYPD? It has to be in the toilet. Well,
1: absolutely, right? Everybody uh, um, feels unappreciated. Listen, cops don't do their job because they want kudos, right? Cops do their job because... Uh, It's an oath that we swore to uphold. And again, uh, I can't reiterate this enough. We do this job for the elderly, for the sick, for the kids, for the victims, for the innocent. 99% of the community are good people. They want us there. They know that they need us there, right? But the morale is horrible because you get no support. Um, You got these politicians that don't support you. The Leadership, right, once you go above the rank of deputy inspector or inspector in the NYPD, uh, it's a political thing, right? So you have to play the politics game. The mayor, who basically runs the city, doesn't support you. Um, You have people, uh, let's talk about minority cops, how they're attacked by the minority community. People, members of their own family, calling them sellouts, right, working for the man, right? All of that stuff, you take it home. You take it home with you trust and believe. And these young cops, these young kids, they don't want to stay. They're leaving. They're going to Florida where they're appreciated. They're going to Texas where they're appreciated. They're going to the suburbs of New York where they're appreciated. The morale is in the toilet.
0: Dang. Angel, thank you so much. Appreciate what you do, man.
1: Always, bro. Thank you.
0: All right. We're not done. Hang on. Monday night, right here in a uh, New Folsom C facility, right here with Marceli, some white lightning, a little cup, boom, Salute. celebrating us going home on this Gaskin direct. Oh, that was a convicted murderer celebrating what now? Celebrating L.A.D.A. Gaskin turning him loose. Joining me now to talk about these nutball DAs and what they're doing to this country is Moses Castillo. He is, of course, the host of the Blue Line Podcast and a decorated veteran of the LAPD. Moses, i have seen this across the country, and every cop buddy of mine I know is going nuts in my text messages. They bust their ear ends, find the bad guy, arrest the bad guy, and like 15 minutes later, the guy's right back out on the streets again.
3: Yes, it's crazy. It's bizarre. I just don't get it. And that video reminds me that, you know, the L.A. County uh, inmates, the gang members, the criminals, are in custody. They have a name for him. They call him Homie Gascon. That that says it all. If gang members see you as the homie, we're in trouble, folks. This is why we're urging everybody to recall him because he deserves to be removed as soon as possible.
0: Who is this guy? Where did he come from? I mean, honestly, the stories I hear about him and the garbage he's pulled like this are endless. This guy's like he came down from the sky somewhere.
3: You know what? I actually used to work for him when I was a young police officer and he was a lieutenant in charge of our uh, investigating uh, backgrounds on police applicants. And even back then, he he had this uh, uh, more criminal-minded than anything else. But, uh, you know, he he, he went up the ranks. He became uh, assistant chief here in the Los Angeles Police Department, then left our department, became chief of police in Mesa, Arizona, and then chief of police in San Francisco. That's where he met Newsom and uh, later on, Newsom said, hey, by the way, uh, don't you have a a law degree? Uh, And she passed the bar and pretty much gave him, appointed him DA of San Francisco and uh, the worst, the rest is history. And you know what, he's never uh, seen a courtroom. He's never approached before a judge. He's never filed a case. He's never tried a case. He's never even met a victim before. And now he's the head of the second largest DA's office in the country. It's crazy. Moses,
0: LAPD guys, obviously, are that's not exactly a laid back cop job, although it's such a big department. I'm sure there's laid back rules, but that's a job where you're seeing things every day. You need the best cops in places like L.A. What's their morale like at this point in time?
3: Well, right now the morale is so low because George Gascon has made it a point that he actually has a hard-on for police officers, more so than he does the criminals. Uh, He's made it a point that he he assembled this team uh, to look at officer-involved shootings from the past that resulted in deaths of armed suspects or, and so he wants to give that a second look or a third look to see a case that has already been reviewed and determined that everything was in policy or there is no elements of any crime whatsoever, he wants to go back and take a second look to see if he could actually prosecute a police officer. So he's more for prosecuting police officers than he is for criminals. Now don't get me wrong, if a police officer commits a crime, yes, hold him or her accountable to the fullest extent. Nobody's above the law. George Gascon has already been declared by a judge hearing Los Angeles County in the civil court that his directives were unlawful. These 10 special directives four of them which were in this lawsuit. And thank God, this judge issued an injunction saying, Gus your directives are unlawful because he was actually asking his prosecutors to dismiss special allegations, special enhancements. For instance, the use of a gun, the use of uh, the enhancements regarding gang enhancements. That was off the window. He was ordering his prosecutors to dismiss those. Unbelievable. And so here we are, but the danger is, we, we we can't do anything about the new cases coming in. So if a new case comes in where somebody used a gun and murdered, let's say, a police officer, uh, he's not going to charge him f- for the murder of a police officer. He will only charge him for murder, and that's it. And it's, and it's crazy. Okay. <sighs>
0: George, help me understand, or Moses, help me understand something. George Gascon, maybe I look at this guy and what I see is a full-blown cultural Marxist who wants to destroy the city of L.A., but maybe I'm just a right-wing nut job. Is there a better explanation? I, I can't, when I hear things like you just said to me, I don't have a better explanation, Moses, than that guy just wants to wreck the
3: city. You know, a year ago, there's this YouTube video going around where George Gascon was interviewed by a USC professor. Uh, when he announced that he was running for uh, DA. And during that interview, they called it a conversation with George Gascon. And during that interview, he told this professor in front of a large audience that he says, I believe that the government should not be punishing people. And that's somebody that was running for DA. Now he is the the DA. He actually believes that there should be no punishment. In other words, what does he want? Lawlessness? And, And it's crazy. And so that is the kind of person that we're dealing with. He has aligned himself with the, defense, the the Public Defender's Office more than he has with the victims. He's abandoned the victims. Another example, from day one, he told his prosecutors that they're not allowed any longer to attend parole hearings where a victim's family has been summoned and said, hey, the person who committed this awful, evil crime, a murderer, a rape, whatever it may be, against your loved one, is up for parole. And George Gascon has said, no longer are we gonna oppose anyone from being released, even even if they are assessed as a high risk. And that's crazy, I can't believe it. So I took it upon myself, I actually attended a hearing myself and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing in front of me. I was actually advocating for this family under Marcy's Law, which is the Victims' Bill of Rights here in California. And when I was speaking, the, the commissioners on the board said, uh, Castillo, you need to stop because you're sounding more like a prosecutor, and you can't do that. And it says they decided to send a prosecutor, so you can't act that one. So it's like, wow. So this family here was was asked to fend for themselves, not knowing how to proceed. And it just gives an example. And this parole uh, hearing actually granted this guy a parole, uh, granted him parole, and he was a, he was convicted of murdering a a, a black. Teenager, it was part of a uh, ten Latino gang members beating and stopping and kicking, and then eventually shooting him point blank, point blank in the face. And this guy was out for parole. Unbelievable. Jeez.
0: Are are LA cops leaving? They have to be leaving. I'm assuming.
3: You know what? I heard a, a number that uh, within the last uh, year, about 600 police officers have left Los Angeles Police Department and that's uh, not surprising because i'm hearing that across the nation people are leaving this profession in droves and that should alarm people it's not about uh, you know anymore about it is a true battle between good and evil and unfortunately the the law abiding citizens that support the police they're being the, the silent majority and my heart of hearts i believe that most of the people in our country do love and support the law enforcement officers that put their lives on the line every day. Every day, police officers go to work not knowing if they're going to return home. Every day. And I do believe that people do appreciate them. Unfortunately, they're the uh, silent majority. The ones that are making all the noise, the ones that are causing all this rhetoric, uh, all cops are, you know what? Uh, and, you know, and it just, it's really sad.
0: It is the Blue Line podcast. Moses, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you very much.
3: Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. We're not quite done yet. Hang on.
1: Can we agree that we can redirect some of the funding?
2: Yes. I do believe that we need to reallocate resources away. So yes, defund your butts. The city council passed the New York City budget, which includes redistributing $1 billion from the NYPD budget. Yes, I support the reallocation of resources
1: from
0: NYPD. We have to reimagine public safety. Not only do we need to
3: disinvest foreign police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department.
0: There it is right there. Joining me now to talk about that insanity and other things, Charles Marino. He's the former Homeland Security Department advisor and former Secret Service special agent.
2: Charles, how's that defund the police thing working out? Not too well for him, Jesse. Uh, You know, I mean, this is directly tied to the increases that we're seeing in violence all across the country, especially in the major cities. Citizens aren't too happy, nor should they be, especially now in light of the report of the astronomical amounts that these mayors are paying for their personal protection utilizing the very police that they wanted to fund. Charles
0: I always thought it was insane I'm sure you probably always thought it was insane too to all of a sudden take one bad incident and blame cops and defund the police but it did seem to catch on with such a huge portion of American society why
2: You know, that's a good question. I mean, this really is a perfect example of people following a very bad idea where they thought they were going to come out on the good side of this politically is still beyond me, and politics isn't even my expertise. I mean, even my 11-year-old said, what are they doing here? So, I I mean, you know, you're seeing some of these mayors now in these Democratic-led cities, they're trying to do an about-face, a 180 to the best that they can. Now you see the mayor of Seattle complaining about the amount of police officers they're losing and, and how they need to change that tide. Well, they're losing police officers. Officers And they're failing to recruit based on the very things that that mayor did in Seattle over the summer, which was give the city away to the criminals and tell the police to stay out and not support them. Charles... Are Democrats
0: going to actually face some kind of backlash at the polls for this? Because I'll be frank with you. I, I I was shocked they didn't face a backlash in November. I, I thought they were going to get crushed for these insane things. They, they didn't. They didn't at all. They had the presidency, House, and Senate. Are people finally
2: waking up? Yeah. Here's what I think we're starting to see happen. I think the quick answer is yes, they will because safety and security is the number one concern of the American public. And what's happening is this has been kept in the shadows, right, occurring during the early morning, late night hours. And so the American public kinda is aware of it but not paying too much attention to it. What's happening now is this start. This is starting to creep in all this violence, especially the gun violence, into the everyday lives of Americans. It's starting to affect the areas in and around their work. It's starting to affect where they go and see baseball games for example, what took place at the Nationals game last week, and on and on we go. So what this is doing is is starting to creep in to everyday life here, and it's unacceptable. and And I am confident that the American public is going to rebuke this. Charles, what's a special agent for the Secret Service? That sounds awesome. Yeah, listen, uh, best job ever. You know, uh, we're an investigative and protective agency. Uh, started out in 1865 uh, conducting investigations on counterfeit currency uh, and now we do all financial crimes and uh, and the Secret Service is in good hands. I'm long gone. Uh, you know, had the opportunity to serve and protect three presidents, one vice president, and uh, like I said, best job there is. What do the special agents do? So the special agents do the criminal investigations, uh, which I just outlined. Go to extensive training to learn uh, how to conduct those criminal investigations they also provide the the protection for the dignitaries president vice president families etc Secret Service yes yeah, secret Service also has a uniform division which you see in and around the White House which is the uniformed presence that protects those facilities.
0: Charles these are creating terrorist incidents, right? These defund the police things. I I am worried about a real terrorist fear. I mean, the NYPD
2: Terrorist Task Force is one of the best equipped in the world, or at least it was. Yeah, listen, I'm a New Yorker, so I know exactly what NYPD is capable of doing. I started my career in New York City with the Secret Service. So great partnerships with the NYPD and have a lot of good friends that work there. And they're very frustrated. Unfortunately, as you know, the NYPD budget was cut by one billion dollars They have bail reform, right? So the mayor there, de Blasio, is doing everything possible to run counter to good policing, to provide a safe city for the residents there. But yet my question is, and my frustration is, you have the federal government that is still providing a city like New York, where the mayor isn't doing what he's supposed to do to provide that safe and secure environment. The federal government is still providing them with public safety grant money. So why are we doing that? These cities are not going to change the way they're conducting themselves until the Biden administration turns off the purse strings from the federal government and says, get your act straight, support the police departments, or you're not getting this money anymore. Charles, I'm worried about America's
0: cities when it comes to this illegal immigration surge, because these numbers, man. I mean, tens of thousands, tens of thousands, it's going to be well over a million, maybe two million by the end of the year. Uh, We don't know where these illegal immigrants are going. I'm sure many are flocking to these sanctuary
2: cities, and it's going to turn these places into some very, very rough places, and they're already struggling. Well, listen, you said it, April, May, June, we see the numbers climbing and climbing and climbing, almost 190,000. Uh, that Those are encountered migrants uh, for the month of June. How about the getaways, the ones that we don't know about? So this is going to have an impact on our cities as these migrants are beginning to be relocated illegally, mind you, throughout the rest of the United States. And we know what the impact has been in terms of the mass migration, the 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 visuals that we see down at the border and the border towns. But what we haven't seen yet and what we don't know is what is this broader impact going to be as these migrants are relocated throughout the United States. And like you said, I don't think any of it's good news. I was one of the first people to come out months ago and call what's going on at the southwest border a national security disaster. There's no other way to describe it. Charles, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the
0: national security aspect of it. Because setting aside you know, some poor family from Guatemala, aren't we really worried about? I'm worried about Chinese nationals coming across. I'm worried about Islamic terrorism coming across. I'm worried. I mean, what's to stop some crazy nutter from a
2: terrorist group will come across, put together a bomb, and blow it up in a supermarket somewhere? Nothing. No, there's not. And you're right. And you know, the interesting thing is, and as you know, it's it's very hard sometimes to get the numbers out of the Department of Homeland Security. But you know, back in May, uh, I think 30% of the migrants that were encountered came from other countries outside of the Northern Triangle in Mexico. So, I mean, that just supports the concern that you made is that you know we're not just dealing with what again back to the visual of people coming from Central America, Northern Triangle, and Mexico to the United States. No, no, the word is out. The word was out during the campaign, during the Biden administration, when they basically said, "Listen, everything that President Trump had in place from immigration, we're going to get, we're going to get rid of that." And that essentially said, the border's gonna be open. Come on and make the trip. Now, how it's more humanitarian to these people, uh, I have no idea, because look at the dangerous trek they're making. Look at how long we were keeping the children in CBP custody uh, in cages. And now look how overpopulated it is. And keep in mind, we're doing all this during a pandemic where we're telling Americans and considering going back to wearing masks, yet we're letting people come in. We don't even know what the COVID uh, count is. We know it's not good. No, we know it's not good. And and Charles, something else we can't
0: seem to figure out, where all these people are going? Now, part of the reason we can't figure it out is they're shuttling them through so fast so we can't figure out what's going on. But where are all
2: these people going? Because a million or two is a lot of people. No, that's right. I mean, and listen, a good way to describe this, another way that I talk about this, is it's it's a shell game, is what it is, right? I mean, basically, you had the children go into CBP custody. There's a law that says they can't be there longer than 72 hours. We know that the administration was violating that. So they stood up more HHS health and human service facilities. They moved the kids out of CBP custody to HHS custody, which is literally right next door to the CBP ports of entry. And then they say, look, the numbers are going down in CBP custody. So we're making progress. We're turning people away. Not so quick. Right. So now they're moving people from HHS facilities into the cities across the country. And you're right. We don't know what the method of this deployment is. We don't know how many flights are going to New York City, L.A., Chicago, Tennessee, Florida. We just don't know. So if we don't have the metrics in terms of how they're doing this, how they're dividing it up, how are these communities going to be prepared for this when they're law enforcement officers, if they're allowed to, start encountering these illegal migrants in their communities whose backgrounds we really don't know?
0: Yeah. Charles Marino, thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Jesse. Good to see you. Whew, rough out there right now. All right, we'll be back. Our cities matter. And our cities matter for a lot of reasons. But I want, you to, I want you to understand something here. It makes the entire United States of America look bad if people around the globe pull up the news every single day and they see murders here, 10 murders there, New York, L.A., Chicago. Our cities right now are a disaster. And it's not just the current state they're in. It's that they all seem to be racing still, in the wrong direction these people aren't going tough on crime we see these elections upcoming they're not there's no indication they have any intention of taking their feet off the gas the sad truth of it is this it looks like we probably have years of some dark days for america's cities all right we'll do it again